The Planted Mindset podcast is sponsored by Sassy 10, a new online fitness and nutrition program designed specifically for you if you're a menopausal mum who feels like your body of your 20s is a distant memory. You've lost your energy, motivation, but most of all, your sparkle. During your journey, you'll be supported, listened to, held accountable, motivated and re-energized to transform not only your body, but your mindset too. You'll be given everything you need to sculpt a stronger, sexier you in just 10 weeks to regain your sassy. Follow Sassy in 10 on Instagram and find out more by clicking on the link in the bio or hit the link in the show notes to start today. The hardest part is starting, but you'll be so glad you did. Welcome to the Planted Mindset Podcast and this is episode 46 where I have gone over the pond again and I'm delighted to be joined by none other than Dawn Gardner. She is an author and a professional photographer. She writes about relationships, family dynamics, suspense and quirky characters. Writing has been in her life from an early age and Robert Louis Stevenson's book of poetry never left her side as a young girl. She also has a pretty decent boot collection <laughs> and in her latest year, she is hoping to be known as the Manassas Boot Lady. So when she is not writing, she loves tra- traveling, reading, outdoor adventures and hanging out with her husband, family, friends and two dogs. So I hope you enjoy this episode because we are going to talk about discipline and how that is an integral part for all of us in life. But for, for Dawn, I'm going to ask her in the realms of the many seasons that she has gone through of careers and how she has used this to get the best out of everything that she does. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Planted Mindset podcast and episode 46, where I have an author on the podcast. I'm really excited. Welcome to the show, Dawn. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to delve into everything. Having had a little look through your website and your Instagram account, I mean, you've done a lot of things in your life, haven't you? Uh, Yes, I have, definitely. (laughs) Um, A lot of creative mediums, so yes. This is going to touch in well because I'm quite a creative person, but not in the writing sense, more the artistic um so more on the uh, drawing and painting and that side of things but I, I do love everything creative but dawn could you tell the uh, audience a little bit more about yourself sure um i was or am still a, a professional photographer and a graphic designer and an author um i've written five books at this point um, and published five books and i'm working on the sixth full-length novel now, a little slower progress at this point, and um, did my first uh, major work when I was eight. It was a fiction play about vampires, and I tried to uh, recruit the neighborhood kids to be actors, and I was going to direct, but everybody wanted to play kickball instead, so that kind of got nixed, but so it started from a very early age, and um, I've just kind of uh, carried throughout, um, maybe shifting back and forth between the mediums um, different in different seasons of my life. Um, I'd also say one of the, the people that I saw early on that was an inspiration to me was uh, Darren um, from Bewitched. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Oh, I it do. Was, yeah, I do remember yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, so he was a, he had, uh, I don't know if he was a graphic designer per se. Um, He was more like an advertising man. And he got to create campaigns and concepts and then kind of put, um, you know, something together with words and and pictures. And I thought, that is the greatest job ever. And so that's kind of what I do in my graphic design or when I'm wearing my graphic design hat. So that's a little bit about me. But that's not all you've done. I mean, obviously, you said that you started, you know, creating um, content for plays at a very young age. I mean, that that is pretty awesome. But you did a diver into fitness as well, didn't you? I did. Yeah, you're bringing me back. So uh, when my girls, I have three daughters, and when they were very young, 
Um, I really loved exercising and, you know, we had free weights in our garage and actually that was my sanity was free weights. When they would nap, I would go out and lift and it saved a lot of people. It saved a lot of people's lives, <laughs> mine included, but my <laughs> husband at the time and my daughters, because it was a real release. And I'm sure that probably that's one of the things that you tell your clients about, you know, working out. It is such a great release um, of pressure. So I did that, but then I became a, a aerobic instructor when they used to call them that. And, you know, that was pretty fun. I had a, a great time. I love, I love instructing. I love teaching. So I think that that kind of fell naturally into my wheelhouse. And yeah, way back when I did, I was a, at the YMCA and a couple other um, clubs in my area. And then I took a yoga class and I fell in love. I, I just was completely smitten by yoga and then went on a journey to become um, a certified instructor for yoga. And that was fun. And that was another season I lived uh, in Hawaii at that time. And I was a yoga instructor for many years when I lived out there. And um, that was incredible. It was a great, great opportunity to, um, you know, introduce people to yoga. So yeah, I guess I have, I think I look back and now that you bring that in, I have done a few different things, but you know, what is life if it's not exciting <laughs> and you yeah. kind of branch off and, and do, I mean, and I kind of think, um, life is about seasons. So, you know, there's all different reasons why I had to, um, stop do, doing my yoga, meaning teaching and, um, branched off into a new season of my life. So I think, I don't know if other people can kind of, um, or resonate with that, but that's definitely how my life has been. It's been in seasons. So. I would imagine yoga and Hawaii, they are a good combination. Uh, do oh, you still my. practice your yoga? I do, but not, not like I should, not every day. Um, I think getting on the mat every day is very beneficial just for your mind. Um, and also, um, <clears throat> just a connection of your breath and your body and your mental health. I think it's, but I don't do it as much as I should, but yes, yoga in Hawaii, I still can actually take myself back to that place where um, we had the doors open and the plumeria trees uh, were on either side of this um uh, facility that I was teaching in. So the doors were open and the wind would come through like the light breeze and it would dust everyone with plumeria and uh, fragrance. And it was just really uh, like, I can go back to that room and in my mind and just have a sense of real peace. So it, that was a beautiful, a beautiful time. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a wonderful experience. Yeah. Something like that. You don't ever forget. Do you book with the senses as well? If you was to yes. smell that now, it'd take you straight back, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I love the smell of plumeria. <laughs> I, you were obviously talking about all the different roles that you've got into, um, yoga being one is, um, to, to qualify is is not an easy task it takes quite a long time it's quite expensive as well and naturally you've got to get, almost contort your body <laughs> i say that because i'm not that supple um but one thing I, within all of that is discipline yes um, what, how would you say yoga and discipline come together um that's an interesting question i would say that the discipline you find in yoga is about calming the mind. Um, it's not necessarily, um, I guess some people could say it's about the movement and connecting that, but I would say it's more about calming your mind because when you're in those, those postures, you're hanging on to, um, your breath. And then all of a sudden you may be in, you know, warrior three and you're thinking what's for dinner. Um, you, you know, so you need to bring it back because yoga is such a pace that is um, more, you know, a slower pace. So at that point, you know, it can allow your mind to come in with the thoughts, right? 
I think if you're running, um, running for me, and I guess this is probably not for, maybe everyone doesn't have the same kind of reaction, but running for me, it takes me to a place that that's all I can think about. I get into this, this zone yoga, it took more discipline because I was at a slower pace to clear the mind, to really concentrate on the postures and the breath at the same time. So it is a yeah. difficult, I've, I've done uh, Pilates um, and yes, obviously the power of, of the breath and precision. I do know, obviously they are different um, because yoga is more the whole holistic um, experience as well. Uh, whereas Pilates is a little bit more about obviously the breath and the movement. Mm -hmm. um, but like you say, it is, it's quite challenging to think of nothing, isn't it? In, in such a fast paced world, like you say, you know, what's for dinner? Oh my God, I haven't put the washing on. I mean, like how you stop those thoughts coming into your head. Oh my gosh. So you brought, you brought up a great, um, <laughs> that's one of your dogs oh. isn't it <laughs> yes it is and i knew that would happen they're on their way out to their walk but um what i wanted to uh say was you know you brought up a good point one time i was on a um a retreat a women's retreat and we had to do uh, it was a yoga retreat so we had to do silence for four hours you would have thought that this would be super easy right but it was very difficult to, I mean, there are, there are people that do silence retreats for like 10 days or so. And, um, but this was for four hours and I found it one of the most difficult things to ever do. So, um, you know, I discipline, I had to take myself out into the woods because I couldn't be around people as I was trying to be silent for four hours. So I don't know, maybe if I was doing it now, I could have better success. I was in my thirties at that point. So who knows, but I just found that very interesting. I would imagine you would definitely would. Um, I, I think as we mature, um, our mindsets do change. Uh, but I do think it's still quite difficult. So it's a conscious decision. And what I like about, um, clearing the mind and, and meditation and it's it's about observing the thoughts but not thinking about thinking about the thoughts <laughs> getting yourself wrapped up don't you because you can get oh my god i'm thinking about thinking and you, you've just got to <laughs> sort of pull yourself back haven't you and just breathe yes and you know i was uh, listening to the power of now i've listened to that book multiple times but i put it back in on um, some commutes that i had and he said, and I thought this was pretty funny and um, pretty revolutionary for me. He said, you know, to allow your thoughts to go through and just allow them to just be. And he said, in the moment that you start to um, criticize yourself for the thoughts, you know that your ego has come in the back door. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I yeah. know, isn't that, it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. So, uh, you know, what's for dinner. I just need to not say, stop thinking about dinner and breathe. It just mm. let that go. And, you know, that was kind of an, a real aha moment just recently for me. It's like, yeah, think, my ego came in the back door. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good point, isn't it? But I because we live in such a fast paced life nowadays and we have tech literally tied to us. Yes. It's, it's actually quite difficult to prize ourselves away because even the tech we may use to help us with the said meditation or yoga. Mm. Yep. Um, Cause I, I I've done some meditations before and in the, the preamble, it's like, you know, go and put all your tech away. And I'm thinking, but I'm listening to you on my tech. <laughs> <laughs> So it yes. is, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? So it's, it's, how did you, did you make specific time to give yourself space? Uh, you know, let's go back to that discipline. Uh, how did you work as a yoga instructor? Because I imagine you were fully immersed in it, but then again, you need to not then almost go too far over the edge. Right. Well, um, and, and getting back to when I was speaking earlier about seasons, so in that season of my life, I had 
um, three children um, that I was homeschooling at the time. And I had a business and that was a yoga instructing business. And, um, you know, how I kept the balance, I'm not quite sure at this point, you know, I can look back on that season of my life and say, yeah, just like the, the weight training, when my children were even smaller, saved me, I think the yoga instruction was a, something that I did just for me. And I was able to, um, you know, put my, in Hawaii, I could do it on what they called the lanai, which was kind of like your back porch um, in the mornings. But sometimes, you know, if the weather wasn't right, I'd have to do it in the kitchen. And, you know, the girls would come in or, so I think part of discipline is things are not always going to be just perfect and you're going to get interrupted and life is going to come crashing in sometimes, but the discipline is just to get on the mat or to get what it, whatever it is you're doing, just do it. And then if life comes crashing in it, that's just the way it is. And you just move on, but you still were able to get yourself to a place of discipline that you actually facilitated that, that opportunity for yourself. Now, you know, things might've not cooperated in the universe with you, but at least you facilitated that with your, your, your discipline, your mindset to say, yes, I'm getting on the mat or yes, I'm writing those words or whatever it is that you're saying yes to, you still allowed that opportunity for yourself. And I think that's discipline. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to move it on into, as you say, one of your seasons and, and discipline. <laughs> Photography and writing, again, require a lot of discipline, but in different ways. And imagination, when we're young, you know, I think, again, giving ourselves time and space allows our ideas to flourish. Today, we, we don't give ourselves that space and freedom. How do you find that space and freedom to get your ideas, especially when you've got so many books under your belt already? Okay. Um, well, I, I think that when you're doing a, a creative endeavor and, and I want to say the definition of a creative endeavor is not necessarily a piece of artwork. It could be an Excel spreadsheet you're working on for, for work, or it could be a, a presentation or whatever, or some kind of formula, Wh whatever it is, a creative endeavor is just um, something that you're trying to come up with. And I think a lot of times removing yourself from the stresses of, um, well, I'll, I'll just give you a tangible example. So if, say, for example, I was working, uh, writing um, my books and I get to a part where I'm really trapped and I don't know what's going to happen. And you know, the more I think about it at the computer, the, the more I get tangled in, in, and I don't know what the answer is. So what I found that worked for me was to go take my dogs for a walk. And it was a long walk. And then all of a sudden, when I've stopped thinking about it, it the answer, like I've had complete scenes and chapters just come to my head like a movie as I'm walking, because I've kind of like taken my conscious mind out of it. And, you know, one of my favorite um, inspirational guys in the, in the, or what was on the planet was Albert Einstein. And he actually used to do the same thing when he was struggling to figure out a mathematical problem or whatever, you know, things about the universe. Um, he would actually step away from it and play his violin. And when he did that, there was something that jogged away. I mean, that's why people talk about receiving ideas in the shower and mm. driving because it's that, you know, you've stepped away from a part of your brain that is on hyperdrive and gone into a place that's almost, I don't want to say subconscious, but in some ways it is, you know, you're not really thinking through um, or struggling with that issue. You've kind of let your mind just kind of drift and go to a place of um, the subconscious. I guess it's the, the way I could, would say that is yeah. going, going to a place, but uh, I know it works because people like Albert Einstein did it with the violin. I mean, and people talk about all the time, the shower and the driving and there are other things too, but those are the ones that come to mind for me, it was walking the dog. So your original question was, where do I find 
you know, those inspirational things and how to get quiet. Um, so walking, walking is a big part of, um, and uh, that twilight, um, a lot of times for me between sleep and morning, that is another time I think that you're able to access your, your subconscious because your mind's kind of drowsy. It's kind of like, uh, you know, too sleepy to be in thinking about what's for dinner or what's for breakfast or whatever you've got going on in the day. That mind is still a little groggy and the subconscious, you know, in that twilight, that's when a lot of um, ideas will happen uh, for me. And I really do feel like out in nature as well, you know, out in nature, just walking or just being in nature has been a, a big source of ideas. And, and sometimes, you know, like actually for one of my books, uh, the cotton blossom, I had scrolled on Instagram. So you're talking about technology. I'd scrolled on Instagram and read a story about a star. Her name was Jean Spangler. And I had read that story and I mulled it over and thought, oh, you know, that's an interesting story. But that was years ago. And all of a sudden, you know, fast forward to the kind of the cooking or the of this cotton blossom plot line. I thought of that story that I had read and and I thought, oh, my gosh, yes, that's that's how this is going to happen. It's going to be similar to this lady's story, but it's going to have some different twists. And so it was kind of like a little notch that the idea, it was a notch. And then the idea, more of the idea kind of hung on that notch and then formulated into a bigger thing. So I don't know. I think that's how it works for me, but I don't know what is for you. How do, how do you find, you know, your inspiration or your ideas? I, I love listening to all of that firstly, Dawn, because I, th I think what that does is it, it reminds people about the importance of just getting outside um, and oh, yeah. benefit for point of view of de-stressing. So even if you're not wanting to, you know, obviously create a novel, um, you know, write a book, um, fix a spreadsheet or anything, just getting out, you are going to de-stress yourself. Um, and it's it's down to the, the brain waves, like you were saying about the, yeah. the, you know, obviously subconscious and that twilight i loved i was smiling there as well because one of my um, ideas my sassy 10 program came in the twilight hours <laughs> sculpt <laughs> stronger sexier you and i was up um one of my questions that i wanted to ask you there when you literally wow you've got chapters in your head what do you do i mean i, I think einstein didn't he always have a book by his chair so what what what, what do what would you do then so you don't lose all that Crazy <laughs> okay well one one particular one when i was working on the jade butterfly that whole chapter came to me so i walked very fast home <laughs> <laughs> i walked very fast and and like kept it playing in my mind and when i got in i quickly went to my um you know novel um my program and i was typing like a mad woman leaving out articles left and right, you know, cause my mind is going so fast. So yes, to try and get back to it as quickly as possible there for a while, I would have a journal by the bedside. Um, but then I found that um, it, it, when I went through or and still going through menopause that by writing things down, that would just jolt me even more. There was no hope of going to sleep mm. back to sleep. So I stopped doing that, that particular, um, process. I have actually, um, done voice, um, creations or taped voice things on my phone. If I, if I was out somewhere or driving and I thought I might forget it. So I would actually do a voice recording and remember and try and just kind of vomit out all the details and everything <laughs> that, that I could, that came to me. And then I would go back and listen to it, but it, it's not as beneficial as actually being somewhere where I could, you know, write it down or type it. But yeah, that one, that in particular story, that chapter, I just raced home and, you know, got in as quick as I could, but yeah. 
Yeah, because you'd be like, damn, I forgot the, the one bit. But I, <laughs> yeah. funny you say, like, they're typing really quickly. And I was thinking, yeah, like, obviously record what you say would be the easier or quicker way. But interestingly, you prefer the actually writing. Yeah, it's really an interesting um, dynamic for me. And I was wondering if other people experience this. I have thought about using, uh, there's a software, there's a voice to text software, I think mm. it's called Dragon. Um, and a lot of authors have stepped up and started using that and actually speaking their books into existence. But I find that there's something about, for me, the journaling, but then also, and I don't journal my books, I actually type them. There's something about that process that allows me to create. I, I'm not sure if I could do the voice to text with, um, with writing a book. I, I, I'm not sure that it could, could happen that way. Um, I'm wondering if it's more that when you're writing, you're just cementing that idea a little bit more. Uh, it's like when we studied, don't we? we? We read in a book, we then may read it back and then we will write it down. You know, if you're typing, again, if you're actually physically writing, then, then more is being taken in. I mean, do you edit stuff as you're writing like, or, or do you have to be quite disciplined again to, to stick to what you're, you know, originally planned to write? I, I yes, I want to touch on something before I answer that question. I think uh, it may be that key to that might be that you're have different uh, learning styles. And I'm a very visual learner. So the auditory part of um, my skill or my wheelhouse is not as developed as my vision. So I think that that may be something to do with that. Um, but in answering, oh, now I've lost the train. What was the question that I'm going to answer after that? <laughs> <laughs> when you're actually writing down um, that you don't then get sidetracked with. Oh, that's you know, right. With discipline. Yes. Yeah. And that is that is a huge, huge um, thing that I've applied for dis discipline. Uh, my first novel, which took a very long time, I did it in a way that... Um, I took like four years, I think, to finally write that book uh, way back when. And But I did it in the way that I would write and then edit and write and edit. And I found that, you know, that was more polished, but I lost the flow of right. the story. And in 2020, I wrote three books. I wrote wow. three novels. And I just allowed myself and with great discipline not to go back and edit, just go, 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 go. Because are we allowed to, are, are, do you, are we allowed to cuss on this yeah, program? Fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, there, there was a, um, an author and I can't remember, but she said, uh, first drafts are always, um, shit. And, you know, for, for discipline, you know, to be able to allow yourself to have a first draft that's shitty. I think she called it shitty. So first drafts are always shitty. Um, it is quite the discipline because you know you need just to allow that creative part of you to come out um, and you have to discipline the critic, the inner critic to say, no, step back, get back. You know, mm. you're not gonna drive. Let's let this creative part, you know, drive, get this done. And then the critic can come out to play and edit, repolish, and because, and that I think has really um, been wonderful for me and allowed me to write so, so many books. Well, for me, I mean, I know there are people that are more prolific than that, but for me, that's, you know, that was really pretty um, incredible. And thanks to discipline, I was able to, you know, put that critic, the editing critic, over to the corner and say, no, you're not, you're not going to do that. I'm going to let this person, you know, this, this part of me do the, the story and then you can have, you can have at it after that. So. I think what you were talking about there, Dawn, is really fascinating. And we pretty much can apply that into everyday life, can't we? We've just got to mm -hmm. learn to be and stop interrupting the flow and probably half of our problem in life with things is because we allow that inner voice that inner critic to come in too soon and if we were to absolutely just breathe as you said 
have the discipline and the confidence to do whatever it is and it could be anything and then come back and fine tune and change it but we're always stop start aren't we yes i'm gonna think what is something you know <laughs> judgment yes and that inner that inner critic i think in all of us likes to make sure that we stay in that uncomfortable place you know the meaning meaning that we are well i say uncomfortable but the comfortable place that we always know like with the creative um side you know it's more free willing and um mm. free to create and and there's, there's not nothing, as, there's no wrong is there that's the point yes yes creative there's not the fear that you know no one's gonna like this or they're gonna judge me because that that creative part of you that essence is just like flowing but it's when that that critic comes in and and starts to put in the worry and the all the parameters of the world mm. and that's when things kind of shrivel up and 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 die so you got to learn to um my i actually visualize my my inner critic and she's got like a little um shirt on that says fear it's purple and i always uh, she's got little pigtails and i always say nope you're not, you're not driving the bus in my visualization, it's a bus and she gets into the driver's seat, you know, and she's driving. I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to go. You got to, you're not going to drive this bus. And then I visualize someone else getting into, um, the driving, the driver's seat. So that's just something that, uh, when I find myself going to that place, I, I just visualize and have that little moment with myself. <laughs> that's a good way to conceptualize it and and also it's the moment when we know we're actually making progress because as you mentioned there dawn it's wanting to keep us comfortable that inner voice all it's trying to do is protect yes. us and when we're moving out of something that it doesn't understand or it doesn't know then that's where those voices so it's actually to you know applaud it hello welcome thank you you've got my back but we're, we're, we're good um yeah and that, they're the things that i've learned so yeah i think it is about visualizing it in in a way that works for you um and and to know that obviously you you can regain that power they don't have mm -hmm. to take mysterious that's right that's right <laughs> well and you know the the little girl in the purple shirt you know wearing that's got fear across there she has a place and i think that's the other thing is i think sometimes fearless is kind of like a misnomer in some ways you know we still do need a bit of fear in our lives, mm -hmm. right? Um, because that drives us in, um, in natural ways, but then um, in a lot of other things. So it's all right, but it's that little girl just can't drive the bus. You know, she just can't she drive the bus. Us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, ultimately to, to keep us safe to a certain extent, like you say, exactly. you can't be fearless, otherwise you're probably not going to be long on this planet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is a, a point about that. Um, I'm going to move it on to some some other questions um, and because obviously you being such a creative uh, person, photography, was that something that inspired you uh, or that you even liked when you were back at school or is that something that came um, later in life? And could you give me perhaps one of your most fondest memories um, of your school days? Sure. Um, I started photography very early as well. Um, I had uh, Instamatic cameras, you know, back in the day, they were actually film. So I can remember, uh, and you'd have to wait to get them developed to see what you actually had. So my parents had like a 110 camera, which is a very more like skinny rectangular camera. Uh, camera that um had film and you put the cartridge in for your old listeners they'll know exactly what i'm talking about so one of my fondest memories of that would be when we my parents took us out to the woods a lot and my brother i was 10 my brother was probably um seven or eight and we were walking down a trail and there was a ravine um to the side on on his side right and it was a ravine not a cliff it was, you know, like a little gully, let's call it a gully. Mm -hmm. So you can get a good visualization. And I saw a root kind of hanging ahead. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I push him 
ever so slightly off the side of this path, he's going to grab that root and it's going to be the most wonderful picture. And, and I was really, you know, wanting some kind of action shot, you know, and this is the 10 year old mind. So we're walking and I kind of shoved him a little bit and a lo and behold, he did grab the root. I was ready with the camera and I snapped the picture and I was so excited. Um, and of course, you know, this did cause me great pain when my brother got married and everyone would come up to me and say, oh, are you the sister? that pushed him off the cliff. And I'm like, it was a ravine. It was a small gully. But two weeks later, the picture came back and it was fantastic. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was just him grabbing the root. His mouth was open and, (laughs) you know, it was a wonderful shot. So, you know, that was probably one of my fondest first, you know, kind of get the fever for photography. Um, of course, you know, the camera brother though, as a scapegoat, <laughs> as, yeah, as he, did, a... did you frame that for him for his wedding? <laughs> no, no, but I do. My mom has that picture and actually, you know, I moved on to my evil Knievel phase was a little bit worse for him because he, I would make him lay down and I would jump him with a ramp, <laughs> but you know, anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> But we all grew up at the same time. <laughs> I was that. I was the younger sister. I, the older brother, would do these little tricks. He wouldn't normally do it. He'd just do it for fun, not because he wanted to get a picture. But we did used to do the evil can evil things as well. And I'd be the one that would lie under and see the tire just going across. My yeah, nose. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that was that was fun stuff. That was good good times. But um, yeah, so now I got completely distracted by evil can evil and that, but where were we going with that <laughs> so with your photography um yes, did you then what... decide to pick it back up later in life and what was your reason for doing that good okay so i was the uh in my high school i was the photography editor of the news or the yearbook and so i carried you know carried photography and actually that was what i was going to go to college for and major in that things you know things kind of shifted for me plans change um but uh, so I didn't do that. And that kind of drifted away from photography. And then um, I picked it back up later, later in life when like I was, I was the holdout. I didn't want to go to digital cameras for a long time. So I personally took pictures of my daughters and whatever event they were in, um, you know, plays and things like that when they were smaller. I was always the graphic designer to design the program and I took pictures of everyone. So that was kind of like a thread throughout my whole life. But professionally, um, I, I think it was in 2010 or so. So my daughters were a, a lot older and I started to, to pick that up. And the catalyst really for going into my photography business was uh, a divorce. So that's, you know, sometimes things, seasons change for everyone. And I felt like at that point I could really kind of go for different reasons, go into that and really create a a business for myself, um, doing photography. So that's kind of how that got started. Yeah. Um, what, what would you be your favorite medium to photograph? Uh, definitely people, uh, and definitely, empowering women to see their own beauty. That was uh, for a long time. That was what I, I did. Uh, and I mean, I did other things as well in photography, weddings and events and things like that. But the things that set me on fire were to be able to show a woman, um, her own beauty. And, you know, it's funny, I used to say to my clients and other people that a lot of times when we go to the mirror, and we look at ourselves, that critic comes out, of course. And all the things that you've had said to you about maybe your looks or different things come out. Um, and so again, that's the judgment that you're placing on yourself is not true. And it's also when you go to the mirror, it's a reflection, right? It's mm-hmm. reflecting back all that energy that you've kind of got going on in your, your head and you're looking into the mirror. But when I would photograph people and I never had a mirror in my studio 
because I did not want them to look at themselves mm -hmm. and to start that critic going. Mm -hmm. It was all about having a fun and, um, and magical, yeah, the, the magical experience. And so what would happen is that they couldn't, that critic couldn't come out and then you would see facial changes. You would mm -hmm. see them and they would smile and they would, um, you know, kind of be that person that they truly are. And I would capture it. And yeah. what, what was really amazing is when they come back to look at their pictures, they'd be like, oh, away. yeah, is that really me? Mm. I'm like, yes, that is, that really is you. And so that was, that was very, very, um, magical for me and inspirational and very healing for me to, to do that. And then healing on the other side for the other folks. So, yeah, I'd say yeah, if I had to, to pick, that would be it. I think oh, that's absolutely. also why, um, in my writing, the, the women that I write about or my main characters are always very strong, strong women. I mean, they never have it easy, but they're, they're very, they go through some stuff, but they're, they come through it and they're strong. So. Oh, absolutely. What they say doesn't kill us. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Um, uh, yes. through the life experiences and the hardships and obstacles that challenge us to unpick or, or delve and find who we actually are. Sometimes we're too afraid to even open up to ourselves. Yeah. Do you think with your books, um, this is my last question, and we're going to go into the quick fire round. All right. With your books, do you feel that you learn more about yourself every time you write them, even though they're, you know, fictional characters? I would say that um, they're all, all of my books have an aspect of me inside there. So there's something, uh, some kind of concept or thread that runs through that I've experienced in some shape or form. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think that's kind of, how I, I do learn about myself, but more it's about pouring some aspect that I've learned out into someone mm -hmm. else. And my hope is that someone who reads that will be touched, will be moved. And my, from the very beginning of my, you know, kind of delving into different mediums, I've always had the, the mission or the philosophy that I want art that moves people. And, you know, when I get a letter back from someone who says, I cried, you know, I cried like a baby, or this makes me want to do this, you know, after they've read one of my novels, that sets me on fire, yeah. because then I've actually, I've moved someone, I've accomplished that mission of what I view my art, what I want my art, to, you know, to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't I, know if I mean, that answers the question. <laughs> you know, it does. It does. And, you know, as you said, it's more that you're putting yourself out on the page, but obviously learning in the same process as well. Mm -hmm. I love that um, in the same way of helping women as I do in fitness, it's it's the most empowering thing that you can do, um, you know, down to someone saying, you know, I, I don't know how to do it or I can't do um, a sit up, for example. Yeah. And then taking them on that journey to the point when they first then achieve it. And, and you like you saying, if you had the camera there could capture their face, the euphoria and, and you selfishly jump in on that euphoria as well, because you absolutely <laughs> love it as well, don't you? Like it's that energy of, of yes. positivity and love being in a positive space. I mean, there's so much absolutely negativity out there. You know, let's try and stay positive, keep each other positive because it is about energy, you know? Yes, we, it we is. We are all radiating this energy. So yes. we can make a difference somewhere and hopefully like this episode that everyone listens to that people are going to laugh and smile having heard you <laughs> try and push your brother off a cliff <laughs> it was a ravine it was a ravine a little gully let's make sure that that's out there <laughs> oh dear we're gonna laugh so we're gonna move on to the quick fire round. okay give me the giggles all right now. Um, so I have 15 questions. Uh, if you can just give me your fastest uh, answers, um, All right. I'm going to time you and I'm just going to get the stop clock. Either or, or the first thing that comes into your head, Dawn. So are All you right. ready? Are you ready? Okay. That could be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. Swimming pool or sea? 
uh, C. Five kilometers or marathon? Oh, definitely five kilometers. Skydive or bungee jump? Uh, bungee. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Uh, Harry Potter. Favorite podcast? Why, yours, of course. <laughs> plank, plank or wall sit? Oh, plank. Sprouts or bananas? Uh, sprouts. Smart or casual? Casual. Most proud of? Hmm. My daughters. Monopoly or Scrabble? Oh, Scrabble. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Favorite author? Uh, Jody Pico. Name a famous person you would like to meet? Albert Einstein. <laughs> Best business decision? To publish my books. Excellent. And most inspirational quote or saying? All right, I've got it. And it's from Albert, of course. Uh, imagination is more important than knowledge. For, for knowledge is limited, whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress and giving birth to evolution. It's pretty, pretty profound, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And and this is, I mean, fantastic. I always love hearing the answers. And then I'm always thinking, I wonder what I think they'll say. So I'm thinking like, you've got to say Harry Potter, surely. <laughs> 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 you, you surprised me with the sprouts one, though. I thought you might have gone for bananas. But um, <laughs> but like you say, uh, imagination, we, we can sometimes get fixated about having to know so much. And obviously, yes. he was incredibly, incredibly intelligent. Um with knowledge but isn't that interesting that he still then says it's about imagination mm -hmm. yes like because mm -hmm. i do that's one of my favorite quotes um so dawn uh we're just going to be wrapping this uh episode up um but All before right. we do um out of your contacts who would you be happy to introduce this podcast to with a view to being a guest so you can have a think about that and tell me off air but think okay. about who Great. you think would be a good fit for the podcast and where can people find you uh they can find me at uh dongardnerauthor.com is my website um i'm on instagram with that same handle don gardner author and all of my books are on Amazon. So all you would have to do would be to go in Amazon and just put in Don Gardner and um, you'll be able to, to find those novels there. Excellent, excellent. And out of 10, with one being pants and 10 being perfectly splendid, how would you rate this episode? Oh, I would rate it a 10. <laughs> Everyone has a different It was super fun. <laughs> it was super fun well you know and i think anytime my my mindset here lately has been anytime that i'm um able to do something fun and be positive because you as you said we do have a lot of things going on right now in the world right so yeah. it's a 10 anytime i can laugh smile and put out good energy and have a a, a community a connection with someone that's as energetic and positive as yourself it's a 10 so. Oh, thank you. I, I absolutely loved it. You've had me. We've never met. <laughs> and, you know, I'm throwing all these questions at you, but you just had me, you know, it, it's put a smile on my face. And and you, you're so right, Dawn. It is about putting that energy out there, isn't it? That other people will listen to this. So in a way, I'm being creative of creating these episodes that they're always there because, you know, each episode as we do them, you know, I, I literally referred uh, some ladies today back to one from uh, season one. Yeah, we were talking about lazy glutes, and it's <laughs> it's always great to to know and 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 have great people that then I can say, oh, go and listen to this episode. Yeah, this will you know be relevant, or you know, or there was a real gem in this one. Go listen. So, def definitely, obviously, 
everyone going to be listening to this one, um, <laughs> including your brother. You'll have to get yeah. him to listen to it. <laughs> he follows me on Instagram, so I'll make sure that uh, he'll have a little yeah, I mentioned I, I mentioned you in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of brothers as well, because, uh, yeah, I, I had a few of those sort of uh, scenarios, but I was normally the one that got got the, the deed done to her. <laughs> uh, I'm going to finish off with a podcast with um another quote life is a succession of lessons which must be lived to be understood helen keller and i picked this before obviously we we wow. uh, spoke but i feel that i knew it was gonna weave in very nicely to to everything that we would speak about oh i love that wow that's very powerful and right on the mark so <laughs> thanks I just for sharing say that thank you no, and thank you so much for coming on to the, the podcast and uh, sharing your energy um, and obviously telling everyone about your books and your creativeness. Um, so everyone do go and check uh, Dawn out. Um, the details will be in the show notes and I will be doing another series uh, next year. So it'd be great to have you back if you have time. Absolutely. We'd love to do it. Thanks very much. Take care. <laughs> I, I do always enjoy uh, recording these and I say it every week I know you hear me say it but it's just so lovely to you know the power of of zoom uh, to be able to talk to great people and and get that connection and energy and um, hearing Dawn explain things um, in the way of you know uh, the mindset and breathing and being at one in Hawaii as a yoga instructor, I was just literally sent away, um, you know, thinking how wonderful life can be. And at the end of the day, we, we make the choices for the life that we lead. So it really is down to us. But one thing I think came through in this episode is that we do need to take time to have space to allow ourselves that creative flow, that energy, that subconscious, that imagination rather than darting from one thing to the other to the other and i think i've used this word before but about being curious to what could happen if we actually allow ourselves that space and silence in that inner critic um, for dawn in the purple top with fear written on it in the pigtails trying to get the driver's seat of the bus we all have that inner critic in some way shape or form how we conceptualize that will be unique to us but understanding it's there acknowledging it but almost celebrating it because then it must mean that we are pushing through for growth um i really hope you enjoyed this episode i thoroughly did as you could hear um you want to find out more about Dawn or, you know, check out her books. Um, as you said, uh, Amazon, you can find them on there and obviously on her website. And I will leave all of those details in the show note. Do go and follow her on Instagram as well. Uh, so Dawn Gardner author, um, you know, and, you know, reach out uh, like she's generating content, uh, creativity and that energy. Um, if you enjoy it then drop a, drop a DM, drop a message, drop a note, because there's something so wonderful to get that feedback, to know that it has impacted you in, in some way, you know? So uh, by all means, yeah, drop me a DM as well. Um, if there's anything in particular you'd like to hear more of in this podcast, or you know of a really good guest that you think would be a good fit for the show, then do drop me a DM. Um, other than that, as always, stay safe, Keep listening and I'll catch you next time.